Come on! Poof! Boom! Woo! Woo! Yeah! That was a roller coaster. <laughs> Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And guys, I hosted another trivia night this week. What? I um, actually went very well. I ended up having not one, but two people ask if they could use my questions for oh, nice. trivia stuff, which is very exciting. It was it was awesome. I mean, you you handled the entire the entire game, and I guess it was what four teams. It was all over Zoom, so all split out into different rooms, and you just like facilitated all the questions and everything, and through a combination of going into separate rooms and Google Forms and different stuff, and it uh, you killed it. You you did amazing. Nice. Dude, that's awesome. Did you get to plug the show and just be like, hey, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you're hearing now. Right. You should check us out over on Things I Got Wrong. <laughs> that's really cool, though. Um, no, it was really, really awesome. Like, because Ryan, like, he totally helped out with everything. Um, it was really cool. I was very scared about how it would turn out with... Um, being completely remote and trying to do it in teams. Yeah. Um, you know, and doing the Zoom rooms, I was a little scared that putting everyone in rooms for the whole time, people would be like, okay, we've been sitting here with these three other strangers being forced <laughs> to talk to each other. Yeah, you did. I mean, you did really, really well. And I think it was a good amount. I mean, it was not a terrible amount of questions, but I mean, it was probably what four questions per round, four rounds and a couple bonuses. And yeah. it filled an hour and a half, like on pace. Like, yeah, it was it was really well done. And I mean, you have, you know, really good, uh, you know, spe- you have you have your uh, conductor voice and you, you, know, you have a really good way of leading this kind of stuff. And uh, it, it was awesome. I mean, I just sat in the back and kept score, but <laughs> you did awesome. <laughs> Nice. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. It was very fun. It was kind of fun to apply um, everything that I've learned here into something else uh, with a whole bunch of people that may or may not have ever played trivia, which is very fun. Yeah. Was there anything specific that you actually think the show helped with? Um, I think it was, you know, probably mostly in the question writing process of... Sure. Um, but, you know, I had um, Ryan looked over my questions beforehand. You know, we made some calls and I made some judgment runs of which ones to change and which ones didn't. Yeah. So it was very Did, interesting and very fun. That's really cool. Do you so that actually like that makes me curious. How often do you guys throw out questions when you're writing your uh, round robin rounds? Because I probably I probably burn a good four or five every time i'm writing them i used to always try to do at least eight and then i would know that like one of them because it used to be more of an issue that i couldn't quite build a correct and even i think on the last episode or one of the recent ones there was like a seventh question and i was like i have it we could do it for fun but i don't know how to craft the actual question in this gotcha Um, so there's a few of those but generally it's generally it's harder to know like what to ask for and just trying to build a question you know again like trying to like drop hints and create uh like a substantive question that has a lot of like different things to it um sometimes the hard part is just knowing what to keep in and what to take out yeah see i I don't do that i don't rewrite like a lot of questions or have a lot of extras because i start with the answers like i kind of i figure out what my round is and i kind of figure out what i want the answer to be 
and then I craft it around. So like I pick out what the six answers are going to be and then I craft around that. Yeah. I a lot of the times that's my process too. If like I if I know what I want cuz like I guess yeah, I'll pick I'll pick either an answer or a topic for a round that I like I'll know one of the answers to and kind of have like a good question already like established and then I'll either find out five more answers related to that topic or that round and then I'll, you know, write questions around it or I'll just do more research on the topic until I find things that are, you know, cool enough or interesting enough that I feel like are also answerable. Mm. Now, yeah. that, now that I've been doing like doing this and the show long enough, I, it, it comes from a couple of different places and it's a, like I'll come up with a round, like the media math up mash one where it's like, once that clicks, I then can go and try to find 20, 30 examples to like pull from for later dates. But then it's that it's a combination of just keeping a notes folder on my phone that I'm constantly taking little notes on. And I'm like, droughts equals checkers. That'll be around. That'll be a question at some point, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And there's a few, I've, I've had a few that I've been trying off and on for like a year and I just cannot turn it into a functional round. <laughs> I guess at this point, yeah, like it's been long enough that like, yeah, I guess it could be like a total year of like legitimately thinking about this thing every one or two episodes and trying to figure it out and how to put it in. Yeah. But yeah, that that's crazy. Yeah, there's one that's been on the back burner for a long time that I wanted to do based on uh titles from the onion.com where you have to like oh go the actual event and I'm just like, ah, there's just not quite enough there. But that would be maybe so something good. in the future. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so let's get to some actual trivia. Let's put this to use. We're all playing. So uh, let's get started, as always, with Stu's round. Thank you. Uh, yes. Um, so my round is uh, it's similar to a previous round that I did, and it is yellow uh, instances of yellow in media. Uh, so yeah, so the round is about uh, uses of yellow in popular media. Um, I will, you know, it's the standard two points if you get it on the first round, one point if you get it on the hint. Uh, shout out whenever you're ready, and I will uh, let you try to answer it. Question number one. Known as Lyft in Australia, but something else for the rest of the world, this highly caffeinated drink was released in 1979. It is Mellow Yellow hmm. uh, to compete with a similar soft drink, uh, and that would be Pepsi's Mountain Dew as the competition. I recently heard something about that, that uh, there's a whole thing that they fought for like 40 years yeah. to get it. And by the time they finally would have been allowed to do it, they're like, we have too much brand recognition. <laughs> <laughs> and on to question number two. This song has an interesting history, including having part of the chorus being sung by the band's driver. It is Yellow Submarine. I don't even know why I waited. As soon as you said song, I wanted to jump in. Yeah, I Wasn't know. And there it's kind of like a yellow polka dot bikini song. There is, yeah, yeah. which was also <laughs> a contender too. here. FYI, there's more than one yellow song. Fun fact. So, like, all right, so yeah, so part of the chorus was sung by the band's driver. Uh, his name is like Elf Bicknell or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the song lyrics uh, like Skies of Blue and Seas of Green were actually created by the Scottish musician Donovan who, after hearing Yellow Submarine, went on to write Mellow Yellow as, like, a response of it, which is just kind of weird <laughs> that, like, that... I should have just jumped right away. The second you said song, I knew it was Yellow Submarine. Uh, we will carry on to question number three. 
In most Western countries, yellow is seen to represent happiness, and green is seen for jealousy. But there are two countries where yellow is often used to represent jealousy instead. Name either one. Rachel? Rachel. Saudi Arabia? No, it's not Saudi Arabia. Uh, All right, well, he, here's the hint. Yeah, okay. they're European countries. Ryan. Ryan. I'm going to say Britain or, or UK. Rachel. Uh, it's not UK, no. Rachel? Ireland. It is not Ireland. Oh, that would have been good. <laughs> uh, it is actually France and Germany. Interesting. What? I know, that's what? what I was like, oh, Rachel, come I on. I don't know that. I mean, that's, at least that's what the sources say online. Um, Interesting. Which was, is we. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking yellow belly, which is like a sign of a coward. And I was like, that somehow to me seems more British, just like where the name may have come from. Yeah. I mean, in France, it also does mean cowardice. Like, um, I think there is, there is something, some part of the history to where there was like traitors um, or like abandoners of, of war, pretty much. Uh, they would paint their doors yellow. Like people would do that to them because they're like, oh, well, you're a coward. Hmm. Um, but it also can represent jealousy. Uh, pretty commonly there uh, though please uh for our european <laughs> listeners especially in france and germany please correct me if that's wrong isn't there uh, something about yellow roses or yes does that ring a bell uh, for anyone yeah that was one yeah, of my there's... that was like the, i think the first round i did was about plants i'm and trying to something. remember yeah, like, what it was well roses of different colors are, are all for different times was it yellow roses to like no but it was like negative it was like i remember yeah, it, was, it was like break up with somebody or something like that yeah, I think it was. I can't. I can't even remember anymore at this yeah. point. Yeah, it was. It was something to do with like, yeah, not loving them anymore, or like, if you know that they're having an affair, or like you're having an affair. Like, I don't remember what it is. Um, but it's definitely not good. Yeah, <laughs> we need to have a talk. Here's twelve. Here's twelve <laughs> here's, yellow roses. Right. <laughs> I'm so confused. I don't get the reference, dude. If, could you imagine a relationship where all you only communicate with like the language of rose colors? <laughs> <laughs> like, gosh. I'm somehow okay with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just like a bunch of pretty roses everywhere, but like, oh my god. <laughs> cool. Uh, no points on that one. And we are on to question number four. While we all know and love Nintendo's famous mascot Pikachu, do you know who the original mascot for Pokemon was supposed to be? Ryan. Ryan. I'm between two, but I'm going to say Charmander. It was not Charmander, no. Rachel? Rachel? Charizard? It was not Charizard. Right, here's your hint. The Pokemon is pink, not yellow. Ryan. And you can still see it in significant parts Rachel? of the game. Ryan. Crap, now I have to think about it. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel? Uh, 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 all right. I'm going to give I it to Rachel it. if she, you can't answer it in like two uh, seconds. Clefairy. Or... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boo, I had that and I didn't have to think about it. Oh man. Boo. That would be one point to Ryan, but yeah, it was Clefairy. Um, and that's actually why in the intro of the games, uh, you see Clefairy battling Gengar. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to kind of be that yeah, like Clefairy or it might be Clefable. Um, but regardless, yeah, Clefairy was supposed to be Ash's you know, like original Pokemon that was supposed to kind of be their mascot and everything. Interesting. So Clefairy is the healing where like Jigglypuff was, is the sleep and like the entranced one. Yeah. Yeah. Clefairy is uh, like psychic abilities and stuff. Um, but she's found in, well, they are found in Mount Moon. 
Um, it's the one in all the hospitals, right? Uh, that's no, that's helper? Chansey. That's oh, Chansey. Chansey, that's right. Yeah, one of the few pink Pokemon. Yeah, I just thought the that was interesting. Was Lickitung. Oh, Lickitung. Oh my gosh, <laughs> one of the... <laughs> awesome. So one point to Ryan there. And question number five. Like a canary in a coal mine is a pretty common phrase, but using canaries in coal mines to detect this harmful gas didn't actually stop until 1986. I heard Rachel first on that one. Carbon monoxide. That is correct. It is carbon monoxide. Uh, Yeah, it didn't actually stop. They didn't stop using them until 1986. Uh, I think Britain was the last one to stop doing it, and they still had to like phase out the 200 canaries that they had. Like, jeez, like. I know. Like, it's, dude, you can't just lay off that many canaries. It's a serious problem. <laughs> Wait, so were they actually effective? Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, I didn't know how much of it was just lore. As soon as they start to really get exposure to it, I think that there's a couple of like intermediary steps. Like, I don't think it's just like, you know, an on off switch of like, oh, carbon monoxide, like dead. But like, I think that they like, but they stop they, singing first. They stop singing and they become lethargic and quiet and then they just kind of like get sleepy. You don't want this job. Right, I was going to say, you don't want to be a carbon monoxide detector. <laughs> I get the black lung pops. <laughs> <laughs> Merman. It's such a good movie. <laughs> All right, two points to Rachel. And question number six, the final question of the round. Name the Quentin Tarantino film and actress who sports a yellow jumpsuit and brandishes a katana. Yes, the film and actress. Kill Bill 2 is also correct. Yes, that is also, too, <laughs> that is also correct as well. I would have accepted either answer. I was trying to think of a way to sneak in, like, what is the caloric value of a yellow peanut M&M um, for Ryan and Rachel? But like, I, I don't want to know. I, I don't, don't want to know. Fair. <laughs> uh, that ends the round. Uh, Rachel, you're up next. Okay, guys, I decided to kind of go out there and look at some other very exciting times in history. So, (laughs) the way this is going to work. This is a very exciting time in history. (laughs) Hey, if you don't think it's exciting, that's your problem. Anyway, so the way this round is going to work. First rule, can't buzz in until the end of the question. (laughs) Yeah, first rule, don't talk about Fight Club. Second rule, Fight Club doesn't exist. Um, so first thing, no buzz into the end of the question because of the structure of these, um, you might need to have the end of the question. If you buzz in before the end of the question, I'm going to assume you've wasted your chance to buzz in. All right. Okay. There is punishment this time for buzzing in early. (laughs) Okay. So I will read you two headlines of various events in a single year. They're all big events. If you didn't learn them about them in history class, it's actually more concerning than anything else. They're very big events. These are from real newspapers. I'll give you two. You'll have to give me the year. I'll give you a leeway of plus or minus one. Okay. You guys ready? Yep. Question number one. Kennedy is killed by sniper as he rides in car in Dallas. Johnson sworn in on plane. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. arrested and jailed in Birmingham, Alabama during a desegregation drive. Stu, do you have a guess? <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, what is your nine, guess, Stu? So I need, the, I need to label the year, right? Yep. Okay, 1963. <laughs> that is correct. Two points to Stu. <laughs> 
You guys played yourselves. <laughs> played yourself. Yeah, congrats. You played yourself. I will go ahead and say that I believe this is the easiest question of the round. So. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> um, that's just my personal opinion, but you guys could know better. Okay, question number two. Heir to Austria's throne is slain with his wife by a Bosnian youth to avenge seizure of his country. Your king and country need you. Go. Ryan or Stu? Your king and country need you. Ryan. Go ahead. 1941? Nope. Stu, do you have a guess? I mean, I might as well, right? Uh... I was actually going to say 1945. No. This is actually 1914. Archduke Franz Ferdinand is assassinated in World War I starts. Okay. Question number three. And by the way, these questions are all real headlines, which makes this one really wonderful. (laughs) Titanic sinking. No lives lost. (laughs) No other ship so big. Right. No. Ryan. Uh, oh, crap. 1923? No. What was the headline again? I'm sorry. I want to make sure that I heard this right. First one was Titanic sinking. No lives lost. The second one was no other ship so big. 1928? No. This is actually 1912. Oh. The Titanic sinks in 1912. So this is all about the Titanic. Question number four. 3,000 dead. 300 million in damage. San Francisco is obliterated. And then the other one is President Sales for Isthmus. Um, I, dude, I have no idea. 1978? No. I forget the the year, but 1915? No, it is 1906. 06. Ah. It is 1906, the Great San Francisco Earthquake, and then um, the present sales for the Isthmus. That one's a little more obscure. That's the first time one of our presidents have left, has left the country. Oh. So, um, Teddy Roosevelt went to the Panama Canal. Okay, question number five. I will say go after I say the clues. <laughs> the first footstep. Judy Garland ah! brought joy to the world, <laughs> tragedy to self. Ryan or Stu? Ryan. Go ahead. 1969. That is correct. Two points to you. <laughs> For the record, it was very hard to find a more obscure moon landing headline. That's the most obscure one I could find, the first f- footstep. Question number six. Wall Street crash. And then in the Chicago Tribune, February 14th, Massacre 7 Moran Gang. It is written um, like that, so FYI, go. Ryan or Stu? Ryan. Go ahead. Friday was 1928. You're within one year, I'll give it to you. It's 1929. I thought thought Black Friday was actually 1928, and then it spilled over to 1929, the Depression. No, it was the end of 1929, I believe. I can, I'll make, I will, ch- I will fact check myself real quick. Dude, if you could it show somebody from 1929 a plasma TV. Oh my gosh. It began, it started in September of 1929. I thought, okay. At the I, end, when September ends. I, 
Thanks, Billy Joe. Uh, I always thought the first piece of it fell in 28, and then like 29 was the year that the craziness happened, but either way. Um, I could no, be wrong, but said- I always thought it was one year off of earlier than what is kind of in my head. Yeah, so like st- stocks were heavily rising through May of 1929. Um, it was Increasing at tenfold. Stock prices have looked like so people were started to estimate a crash was coming. And then um, on September 20th, the London Stock Exchange crashed. Hmm. Okay. So I don't see anything about 28, but that's fair. Awesome. Nice job, guys. Congratulations on getting through my round. <laughs> um, and of course, the massacre is the St. Valentine's Day massacre here in Chicago. Yeah. Um, nice job. Uh, it is my round, and it wouldn't be a things that got wrong milestone if we didn't go back to the most tried, one of the most tried and true rounds of our oh show. It is Disney After Dark. Yes. <laughs> oh God, I'm never, I'm never good at these. <laughs> the Rocky music starts playing in my head. I'm ready for this. <laughs> This is Stu's round. <laughs> Disney After Dark is where I go through the uh, IMDb ratings for movies and go to their parental advisory and concern section and pull out some uh, some reasons why a movie may not be appropriate for all ages and whatnot. And uh, I redact any actual names of characters. Uh, and uh, so I have two clues for each question. Just call out when you know it. And uh, all Disney movies, uh, all a little bit different theme than what we've normally done, which, uh, but I think you might pick up on it a little bit quick. So question number one, there is a fairly intense battle scene between the living and the undead, but it is done under moonlight and nothing. Stew. Stew. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so hard. (laughs) Uh... Two points to stew there. Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the first one, Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, there's a fairly intense battle scene between the living and the undead, but it is done under moonlight and nothing overly graphic is shown. However, it could be considered quite frightening. And then clue, second clue, a character with a fake eye gets a fork stuck in their eye. Character <laughs> takes the fork out and you see his fake eye on the fork. <laughs> that is Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, two points of stew there. Question number two. Character accidentally enters the wrong classroom and begins teaching. Unaware of the two nude models in class, we see a man and a woman's bare backs, and when the camera finally makes it around to the fronts, her arms, her crossed arms cover her breast, and both have some sort of material draped across their laps. Stew? Stew. Is this Flubber? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. (laughs) I forgot about that one. Well done. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, that one's a long one. Uh, But teacher enters class with two nude models in class. Uh, The second clue is the invention bounces wildly and crashes into walls and breaks chemical bottles. While this is meant to be slapstick and funny, it causes much harm when bowling balls and basketballs also bounce wildly and hit people (laughs) very hard in the face. I do remember that. <laughs> is Robin Williams Flubber. Two points to stew there. Question number three. The characters are all panicking when they wake up. 
One character has several water balloons dropped on their head as they get out of bed. Two characters then enter to inspect the cabin as a bucket of chocolate syrup spills on their heads and they slip. Rachel! Rachel. This is the parent trap. Yes, it is. Oh, nice I job. love the parent trap. <laughs> and two characters then enter to inspect the cabin as a bucket of chocolate syrup spills on their heads and they slip across the floor, which is covered in cooking oil. This scene is meant to be comical, but it may be considered bullying to some viewers. And then, <laughs> and then, after losing a poker match, a character is forced to jump in the lake naked. Character is only shown from the shoulders up and the knees down. We hear several characters shouting compliments about the character's body. This would be the parent trap. That's that's like at the camp. I mean, that's in the beginning yeah. of the movie. That's like the first thirty minutes or so. Oh yeah, it's at camp. Yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> Yeah, normal things that people do at camp. Right. Uh, two points to <laughs> Rachel there. Question number four. Violence is minimal. This one's funny to me. <laughs> Violence is minimal. In one scene, the character throws rocks at their older brother. An antlered deer is shot and killed in order to pry venison for the dinner table. A dog and a wolf fight with each other before the wolf is shot. A dog is shot by a boy after he becomes rabid. Similarly, a cow must be shot when she can... Contra- contacts rabies. That was a roller coaster. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, similarly, a cow must be shot when she contact- contacts gosh, rabies. Uh, all of these deaths take place off screen with only the gunfire to represent the deed. Uh, and the second clue would be at the end of the movie, character must be shot and killed. This scene has proven to be extremely intense for most children, and many adults may find it difficult to watch too. Uh, that would be Old Yeller. Question number five. Characters constantly fall, slide, and are attacked by insects. A character cuts his lip and blood is shown running down his chin. The second clue is animated <laughs> characters are terrorized by several household appliances during the opening credits. A character and his friend ride a bee very high in the air, constantly threatened by falling. Characters are threatened with a lawnmower in a very intense scene, and the final battle between a scorpion and an ant is intense and could frighten younger viewers. Peril exists throughout the movie. Peril exists. That is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, Rick Moranis's magnum opus. Is the episode title going to be episode 50 of <laughs> Things I Got Wrong's Magnum Opus? <laughs> <laughs> we probably peaked a long time ago. This is We're just treading water now. All right, question number six. Last question of the game. This one's a short one. Uh, one of the characters asks another what he's smoking, but he's actually just breathing out cold air. Stew? Stew. Snow dogs? No, not snow dogs. Okay. <laughs> One of the characters asks another what he's smoking, but he's actually breathing out cold air. Second clue. The scene where the sled crashes could be intense for those who have never seen the movie before. The scene where the sled crashes <laughs> <laughs> could be intense for those who have never seen the movie before. The sled crashes. No. There's only a handful that have sleds, so like... Come on! No guesses? Rachel? Rachel. Frozen? No. No, it's okay. gotta be live action. Oh, there you geez. Go. I feel severely disadvantaged in most of this round. 
Do any other guess? Right, Rachel, mean, so, Rachel, I guess, kind of bypassed her. You go first. Uh, Rachel may have another guess, but... I mean, I honestly don't have anything. Santa any, Claus is going to be my next guess for it, but... One of the characters uh, asks another what he's smoking, and he says he's actually just breathing cold air. A scene where a sled crashes could be intense for those who have never seen the movie before. Oh, I don't... God, I can't remember the Rachel, name of the movie now. Can I describe it? No. <laughs> Can you vaguely draw it? <laughs> Rachel, okay. we've seen this movie before. <laughs> we've watched it together. Feel I the rhythm. actually haven't seen Feel that many movies. Rhythm. Come on, team. It's bobsled time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh cool it's the Jamaican running. movie. Cool <laughs> okay, that's what I was thinking, but I, I didn't know the name. Rachel, are we going to go to the Olympics? Yeah. Are you going to be my best friend? Yeah. Are you going to come with me? No. <laughs> I remember that. I All remember right. that. All right. Cool Runnings, the classic, the John Candy classic. That was very nice. Uh, nice job. I do my best. Not always <laughs> accurate, but I do my best. <laughs> how are you not always accurate? <laughs> I mean, that's I how most know. historians like work. Man. Like... Do you remember that time I threw that entire box of toothpicks on the ground and I counted every one? It's like, yeah, but you got the entire <laughs> yeah. answer completely wrong. He's like, yeah, but I was really fast. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. All right. That is the end of the game. Uh, let's get some picks where each episode, a couple of us give a movie, a game experience, something cool like that. We recommend you check out. Uh, I have a pick. Uh, if I sound a little more comfy on the mic, it's because I'm sitting in a nice chair. Uh, <laughs> This is uh, my new office chair that uh, I've been, you know, it's one of those things I, I've just like, I don't ever think about it, even though I sit and work all day in a chair and sit in it most of the other time too, to have like a really nice chair. And I've just had this like one for, you know, five or so years from, um, from like Sam's club <laughs> and it's like super squeaky, which Rachel can attest to now because she's using it. <laughs> But I love it. Just, you still haven't found me the arms. Yeah, I don't know where the <laughs> arms are in the house right now. <laughs> but uh, this is um, one of the nicer ones you can get. Probably considered the nicest one you can get that isn't a uh, Herman Miller chair. It is the Autonomous. Uh, this website's autonomous.ai. This is the Ergo Chair 2. But uh, it is, it's really nice. It's really comfortable. It gives you, obviously, all of the backrest, the headrest, all the lumbar support stuff, a lot of customization. Um, it's about $350. Uh, you can find some coupons, which I found they got, got it down to like $320 or $330. But it is, so far, it's been really, really awesome. And you can get it in Things That Get Wrong Blue. Ooh. Our, sign <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> our signature light blue. They call it baby blue for, you know, legal and licensing reasons, but we all know. Uh, so I did spend <laughs> 10 extra dollars just to get it in blue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's super nice chair. It's just, again, you don't really think about it too much, but to have a really nice chair makes a big difference. And um, considering I'll probably have this, you know, for, I don't know, 10 years and I'll be sitting at it for like 10 hours a day. <laughs> definitely worth it and it's it's beastly it's it's really big compared to maybe like a typical like a small office chair but uh, it's super nice and uh one other super bonus tip uh this is the best part um take the wheels that you get when they come in those hollow <laughs> plastic wheels throw them in the trash <laughs> and get yourself a pair of rollerblade office wheels 
You can get them what? on Amazon yeah. for like 30 bucks. And they're just roller, like rollerblade wheels with the little office chair, you know, spoke, like the little metal thing that, that goes into the, the feet legs. This. What? Is, oh my gosh. I'm looking at this now. These are a game changer. They're so quiet and like not hollow and rickety, especially over like a wood floor. Uh, and they don't scratch up anything. They're like the rubber, like a vulcanized rubber or whatever. No matter what, even if you just have a chair you want to replace, like, or whatever, like, these, I can't imagine having another chair with those crappy hollow little wheels, those plasticky wheels. So, definitely. Well, uh, I know what I want. <laughs> you, sold me, you sold me more on the wheels than the right? chair, but the chair still looks amazing. Yeah, the wheels are super awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my pick. That's the uh, Ergo Chair 2 uh, by Autonomous. Yeah, and then the, uh, no matter the chair, if, if you can go for it, uh, it's hard to get wheels out once they're in the feet, but like if you can replace them with some, uh, some rollerblade wheels, it makes a huge difference. Just go team puppin' suds all over, all over the office. <laughs> um, Rachel, you have a pick. I do. So as everyone who knows me knows that um, I love paper. I am a self-professed and uh, embrace it. Uh, I'm a self-professed and well-embracing paper snob. So, in my search for paper, I, many years ago, came across this wonderful type of paper from a French company called Clairefontaine, um, which is what is known as Sayes ruled, which is basically French-ruled paper. Now, for those of you who don't know, we're based out of Chicago in the United States, so finding French-ruled paper is uh, quite a challenge. And uh, even, all, even with the internet, it can be really hard to find. But recently, I found the perfect paper store. It's a little store out of central Arkansas called Van Ness. They hmm. have their own online store, which we'll provide to you. And basically, they have all of the best paper you can think of from all of the biggest brands, even those like Claire Fontaine, that you can't find really easily in the United States. And on top of all of that, it is incredibly priced and it ships really, really fast. So um, you can find them at Van Ness 1938. So that would be V-A-N-N-E-S-S 1938.com. I highly suggest you check it out, even if you're just looking for regular notebooks. This is so cool. So it's just like a like a family run business, but it's all about specialty papers and inks and pens and stuff. Pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of strange that we found this little store in central Arkansas, um, <laughs> but it's just truly incredible. And so you can get all sorts of things. You can get ink refills. You can get specialty pencil lead, specialty pens, specialty pencils, um, all of the different like weights of paper pen storage, nibs, wax seals. So basically like very specific things that um that can be hard to find and very expensive to find, but honestly they have incredible prices and a huge selection that I've had trouble finding before. That's so cool. I I'm I'm curious how they get those deals to do it like on on scale or something, but um yeah, I'm looking at their website and this seems like such a cool little family-run business to to be able to support. It's really cool. I think they've really made a, um, like, found a niche in paper and pens, which, I mean, 
for people like me, it's perfect. And so they can get those kind of contracts with those big companies to be able to do it because that's what people like me are looking for, are looking for that kind of paper. But unless somebody is so specialized as to do it, usually they drive the price up. But these people are great, great company. And um, honestly, like for what I got in paper, it's the same price, if not lower than what I would expect to see in France to get that paper. And you said you've talked to them, like you've emailed them? Oh, yeah. So I emailed them and I thank them for their, um, for the wonderful service. And then um, for the first time in my life, I actually went out of my way to look them up on Google and leave a positive review. That's how pleased I was. I've never read, left a review in my life, but I went ahead to Google to leave one. And they actually emailed me afterwards um, saying if I needed any help with paper, they would be happy to help me find it and uh, to thank me for the review. It was it was really, really quite lovely. That's awesome. That's so cool. I know I know there are some people and I've played around with it a little bit that have gotten into like different journaling notebooks and stuff and specialty pens and some of the like French and Japanese pens are really, really sought after. And I know when uh, we went to when we went to France, some of the paper we got because we found a little boutique store. Uh, I still use those notebooks, and they're they're really really nice. Um, as I like to say, even if you never thought that you were like a paper snob, once you've used nice paper once, you're gone. It's <laughs> over. Like there there is no going back because you've realized how nice it is to have to be able to write on it with any pen and it be super smooth, no rough and not not rough and not bleed through with basically anything. Yeah. Once you've been I, yeah, there, you I've can't even go done back. I've even done some painting in some of those pictures, so it, it holds itself up really well. Um, that's really cool. This this company definitely check them out. Out of uh, I say they're a third generation family owned store out of Little Rock. And um, definitely sounds like a good one to support. It's V-A-N-N-E-S-S 1938.com. And uh, at least I know they definitely ship in the U.S. Um, Not sure about global or if it's more cost effective otherwise, but definitely in the U.S. uh, worth supporting. Absolutely. I highly encourage it, you know, Um, especially with everything that's gone on through the last year. It's been a bit of a rough thing on small businesses. And so beyond that, they're just an amazing thing highly support suggest supporting small businesses yeah if uh if you have a pick or anything like that you think we would be cool to check out uh send it our way on uh instagram or twitter or any of that stuff at things get wrong things get wrong at gmail.com the website things get wrong.com for all the past episodes show notes and more thanks for everyone who's uh, been listening in i mean we've you know we we've had so many people email in and say they love the show and it sounds crazy to say but from like all parts of the world uh it's it's insane just it's still it's humbling though yeah it's honestly like we we started this just for fun because i wanted to do more pub trivia and you know different stuff like that like to hear especially when people come in and say like i love listening with another person or like you know we listen in the car or whatever (laughs) like play sort of against each other against the show like that stuff like that's the highest praise i think we can receive on the show absolutely agree And until then, we'll see you later. Thank you. Bye, everybody.